welcome in to the Get Out of Porn podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie. And as you may be able to tell, I am beginning to lose my voice. And I am recording this episode and the next one about IFS uh, in one sitting as next week is Thanksgiving. So happy early Thanksgiving, everyone. I believe by the time you're listening to this, there will be uh, six days until Thanksgiving. And so happy early Thanksgiving to everyone. And I apologize, but bear with me with my voice. But we have a great episode. I, I think it's uh, a needed and important and exciting episode for this one and the next. I'm especially excited for the next episode concerning internal family systems. But this week I wanted to get into the emotions behind the addiction. I talked about it last week a little bit. We've been discussing a lot of things surrounding this. We've already discussed triggers. Where do they come from? The various emotional issues that drive us toward the addiction, right? Shame and sadness and hurt and loneliness and frustration and anger. And, and these are all triggers. So I don't want to redo the discussion on triggers and, and, and go over it again. But I want to ask a very simple question, which is where do those triggers come from? What started those triggers? We need to learn how to avoid them. We need to learn how to cope with them how to overcome them eventually, but one of the best ways to learn how to overcome our triggers is by understanding where they came from in the first place. And so when we think about why is it so difficult for us to be alone when we feel lonely, when we feel sad, why is it difficult for us to sit in the sadness? Why do we have to run toward porn? We learned at some point in our past that porn was an escape from the problems, was an escape from these negative emotions. And when you think about there's there's what we call a cognitive triangle in therapy and the cognitive triangles that thoughts lead to beha- uh, lead to emotions which lead to behaviors thoughts lead to emotions lead to behaviors and so when we want to understand why we do what we do why are we acting out we have to ask ourselves what thought led to what emotion that's resulting in this behavior maybe looking at porn or masturbating or whatever it may be we have to ask ourselves why so then we ask and we, we bounce back. We have the behavior. We say, why am I behaving this way? It's because I feel a certain way. What am I feeling? These are the triggers. I was triggered because I was feeling sad. Then we have to say, why am I feeling sad? We have to keep asking why and we go to thoughts. Well, I was I felt sad because somebody said something mean to me. Well, there's, there's sadness there for sure, right? But then we have to ask, well, where did that thought come from? Why do you think that? Why do you think the core negative beliefs that develop around trauma? Why do you think you're not worthy of love? Why do you think you deserve bad things? Why do you think you're a bad person? These are the thoughts that dictate the behavior of pornography. They dictate the emotions, the shame and and the sadness and the anger and such, which leads to our acting out. And so we have to ask ourselves why. Well, above thoughts, if you're picturing it as a triangle with thoughts on top and, and again, emotions down to the side and then behavior to the other side, what comes above the thoughts? And the best answer that I could give is what I call emotion-drenched memories. Emotion-drenched memories. For instance, trauma is an emotion-drenched memory. If you were molested, if you had some negative traumatic experience as a kid, that may cement in your mind, and we call them trauma capsules, may put that trauma capsule in your mind, cement in your mind some of the surrounding behavior or, or some of the surrounding thoughts and emotions, such as if you were molested, it's my fault. Therefore, I'm a bad person or I deserve bad things. And that brings about a lot of shame. 
So now we're dealing with shame, and shame is what pushes us into our addiction. We're actually running from the actual emotions. We're going to get into this with IFS. But these emotion-drenched memories are what I, as a therapist, deal with most. Because porn is merely running from the emotions we don't want to feel. We feel shame due to this past trauma. So we act out to forget the shame. And interestingly, as I think we've discussed before, you're plunged back even into more worse shame. We feel lonely, so we act out so as to feel loved. And then we're plunged into further loneliness because we feel even more isolated and worthy of isolation due to our acting out. We feel angry about something. And so we act out with porn to calm us down. And we're plunged into further anger toward yourself. The anger never actually reaches its intended target or recipient. We're never actually angry. We're never allowed to express our anger towards somebody else. We internalize it and we get angry at ourselves. We get angry at the the addict. And so all of these emotions are misguided. They don't actually hit the mark. And we're running from the emotions we don't want to feel. So how do we begin to deal with the underlying emotions? How do we deal with the shame? How do we deal with these emotion-drenched memories? This is where trauma work comes in. We have to understand where they came from in the first place. Why was I feeling shame? Why was I feeling lonely? Why was I feeling angry? Why did I have these negative core beliefs of, once again, I'm a bad person. I deserve bad things. I'm not worthy of love. Nobody loves me. Um, I am destined to be alone. I am, I am not worthy of being around, right? I'm not worthy of love. So... Where do those come from? I would encourage each listener here, if you're struggling with porn and if you're you're thinking about this as we're going along and thinking about the cognitive triangle and thinking about these emotion-drenched memories that may have created this negative thought in the first place that's leading to the emotion, the emotional trigger leading to the behavior, I would encourage each listener to make a list of their traumas and their negative emotional experiences. And to define trauma, I've often talked with with people that they're hesitant to call their their upbringing trauma. Well, I wasn't abused. I wasn't sexually abused. I didn't have some creepy uncle that did something. Therefore, it's not really trauma. Well, I didn't go to war, so there's no PTSD. That's not true. I would define trauma as any negative emotional experience. It's kind of how I define it. Any lasting negative emotional experience. So it may actually have been traumatic for you to grow up in a home where love was not readily available. We'll get into attachment theory and hotbox, cold box in a different episode and some of the attach, different attachment styles and that'll be coming up. But poor attachment and neglect from a parent or authoritarianism from a parent that is you're never good enough for them. You reach out for love time and time and time again. You reach out for approval. They don't give it. Either they turn away from you with neglect or they shout down at you. Maybe there's some emotional abuse, verbal abuse. Those things are traumatic. Even growing up in a home where the emotional tone was really bad. Maybe you saw your siblings getting yelled at. Maybe you didn't, but you saw your siblings getting yelled at. You saw your siblings getting threatened. That creates an emotional tone that's really difficult to overcome. That if I make those mistakes, I might, I too might be threatened. Therefore, I'm going to be perfect so I don't get threatened. And when I'm perfect, I need an escape from perfection because that's just a burden I can't bear anymore. And porn becomes the escape from the burden. So people, even moving, right? People are quick to say, I don't have any traumas. Moving can be a trauma. How many times did you did you move growing up? Maybe a mom going through a difficult um, medical 
period, where she wasn't able to give you what you needed. That's traumatic to a kid. Most of us, what you'll find is most of us have adverse negative emotional experiences growing up that could have imprinted in our mind this idea that we're not worthy of love or this idea that I need to meet my own needs. I can't get my needs met from the people that are supposed to care about me for whatever reason it may be. You may be listening as a parent and thinking, well, great. That means everybody is screwed up and I'm going to screw up my kid. Yeah, you probably will. In one way or another, everybody's screwed up. You were screwed up. They were screwed up. We're not living in a, there's no, there's no place for, there's no place to, to lick your wounds and to go into what we might call in, in the IFS world, king baby, this victimization. Well, I guess I've always messed up or I guess that's, that's furthering the issue. The reality is we all struggle with things that are difficult to deal with that are negative emotional experiences. That's the human condition for us to have it. The question is, how did we come out of it? You can get into the fight or flight response, fight, flight, or freeze and trauma. Whatever it is, porn has become your way of dealing with whatever negative emotional experience you had. If you had the perfect life, I don't think you'd be a porn addict. I'll just say that. If you had the perfect life and no negative emotional experiences, I don't think you'd be a porn addict. You may enjoy porn. There's certainly a biological element as we looked at in the last episode, but the addiction takes place when the emotions are, are out of sorts and you are running from that emotion. So it may not have always been an acute memory as you think about making this list for your trauma. Think about the emotional tones. Think about the patterns that you witnessed or that you felt growing up or things that happened maybe even later, maybe even in your 20s. Whenever the porn addiction started, think about your life around that time. What was taking place? What were you feeling emotionally? Were you feeling isolated from the kids at school? Were you feeling isolated from your parents? Addiction is loneliness in action. So is depression. Usually it's rooted in a lot of loneliness. It can be rooted in shame. Was there something negative taking place in your life, such as molestation, something horrible, something truly traumatic? Whatever it may be, I view all of these things as trauma. Ask yourself, what was taking place in life around that time or maybe even before that time? And why did I run to porn as an escape? What was I escaping from? What emotion was I escaping from and where did that emotion originate? That's the core. That's, the, that's what we have to understand when we talk about the emotions behind the addiction. It's not just a behavioral issue. Anybody who takes it as a behavioral and says, well, you just need to stop, they don't understand how addiction gets its hooks in you. It takes, that emo- it takes the emotional experience, the negative emotions, the trauma, and it runs with it, runs from it. That's how the addiction begins to take place. It's not you just looking occasionally. It's you running to it for a specific reason. So in next week's episode, which again, I'm going to record back to back here because it goes hand in hand, we want to look at this idea of internal family systems because this is a... First off, it's a trauma technique. It's brilliant. It's it's fascinating. Richard Schwartz is the creator of internal family systems. I use it quite a bit in addictions work. When you have traumas and you have certain areas that protect you from others, you have your internal addict, you have your internal critic, uh, you have your internal king baby, as we talked about, the victim victimized version, you have your internal rage monster, whatever. These are all parts of a whole. They're parts of you. And when a part gets activated, it's so easy for the addict to pop up. And so we're going to talk about that. There's actually three different um, sections of with the firefighter and the manager and, and the exile. And I'll detail that in the next session. 
or in the next podcast. However, what I would say is if you are afraid of feeling certain emotions as you go to write this list, once again, the list of traumas, negative emotional experiences that you had specifically surrounding the time of addiction where that started, if you're having a, a problem with writing the emotions down or you fear feeling a certain emotion, that tells a deeper story. That tells us there's more there. For instance, maybe you have a really good relationship with your parents now, but you didn't always. You might say, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of talking about the anger toward my parents because things are really good now and I'm afraid of losing what I've built. It's still worth going back because you still have a young part of you who is left in the emotional trauma, emotional, emotionally negative experience with your parents. He's still living with it. You may have gotten through it, but he has not or she has not. That younger part of you, what you might call the inner child. So if there are fears surrounding feeling a certain emotion, I can't feel that. I won't feel that. I don't want to feel that. That lets us know there's something even more. And this is what we would call a protector in internal family systems. So that's a quick teaser for this next episode. I'm going to wrap it right here. I'm going to turn on the mic right after this. But stay tuned for next week as we get into internal family systems. I think you'll find it quite fascinating if you are not familiar with the concept. And we build quite a bit on this in addictions work. And we couple this with a few other things that we'll get into later, like uh, reparenting and such. But with that, we're going to wrap this episode about the emotions behind the addiction. I appreciate you listening. Make sure to comment underneath when this is posted on Facebook. Reach out to me, joewilkiecounseling at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, comments, whatever it may be. If you are listening, if you're finding this helpful, if you're not, if you're not finding it helpful, if you're saying, man, I wish you'd discuss these things or that thing, let me know. I'm open to listener discussion. But with that, that's going to wrap this episode, and I will talk to you next week.